Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening. All right, well, I said, I believe in our last podcast, we glamorize the nativity and was told to put a pin in that until today. And I know what I was thinking about, but um, that's apparently where we're going to go today. So, Misty, what were you thinking about that phrase and about today's topic? Today's topic is, let's see what it's titled. There were no wise men. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. <laughs> Have fun with it. There, there are no wise, wise men, men in the world, just not at the nativity. Just not at the nativity, <laughs> exactly. And I would agree with Daryl as far as glamorizing it. Um, it's become, I think, I don't know, bigger than it, it, it should be. Because you don't, can Jesus, the birth of Jesus ever be too big? No. But what's the main focus here? You know. Well, and let's clarify, why does it say there's no wise men in the topic today? What is that referencing? Ooh. What's the actual point? Because maybe people don't actually know what that little That's true. Sarcas- sarcastic why? jab is because about. Why? Because they always see the wise men in every nativity scene, right up front mm-hmm. and center when baby Jesus is in his, you know, little cradle of hay. But, so. but where, 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 where <laughs> were or, or the wise a, men? Or was it a hay of a cradle? Where, I don't know. I, maybe. Where were maybe the so wise men at this point in time? Not there yet. Having dinner. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> Joining us today, Kelly. Kelly. Hello. I'm so happy to be here today. Mm. Thank you so much. Yeah, we haven't given her me. a proper introduction. Once Although she introduced us. <laughs> once a se- Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You've already heard her voice. <laughs> but once a, s- once a season, we bring in... Uh, Experts. Uh, experts. Oh. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Trapane is the one who makes everything happen around here, and she mm. has great ideas. Mm-hmm. And so we subject her to torture. <laughs> so, yes. Ke- Ke- <laughs> Kelly, why, 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 what's the deal with the wise guys? Um, they were not here yet. They were not, they were still in their country of origin. Which is what? Uh, I forgot. The answer is we don't know. Okay, good. Annie, that's what she meant. That's what I meant to say. We'll just say I don't know. My understanding is another country. Anything is conjecture, right? I've heard everything from like India, China, which seems crazy. Um, the, The to me the biggest clue we have is that we saw his star in the east, which means if you see the star in the east and if that's the direction they came from then they would have come somehow from the west mm-hmm. to go east but the scripture said wise men from the east came to jerusalem right but they were from the east but i think they say saw his star yeah, they were following in the east the star, in the yeah. east i think that they it were from the east they saw his star and it's just weird to get a flow for that it is weird um the my, my re- I've always thought they come from the other side of the Jordan River pretty close. That's where mm. myrrh and frankincense are kind of from. Mm-hmm. That ma- would make a lot of sense on their origin. But mm-hmm. what terrifies me more is not so much what where they came from, but what they do. What yeah. is a wise guy? Ooh, astrologer. They are, yeah, pretty much. They are sit- I, in my In my imagination, the wise men sit around tables and they look at their charts and they have uh, 
the Sagittarius is sitting in the house of Orion or whatever that yeah, means. Lining up the and then some planets. and then some magi will look across the table and say, No, but he's a number eight. <laughs> That's where it originated. Now it so very well could have been. So Enneagram, <laughs> astrology, it's all right there. Astronomology. Uh, astronomology. Ast- astronogram. Well, well, to clarify, because there may be some people, and let me make two points of clarification. One, there may be some people, one or two. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I, I totally, my brain went ADHD right there. Um, we've got a hint of fuzzy static in there today. So if you're thinking, wow, this isn't the usual incredible high quality program I'm used to. I had to make mm-hmm. a few tweaks and I couldn't get all that cleaned out. So just FYI. <laughs> Second point is, the reason we're talking about the wise men, if you haven't figured this out, and I didn't know this um, until I was an adult, is if you read the story about the wise men, they show up when Jesus is a toddler, a toddler mm-hmm. in the Bible passage. But all nativities have the wise men there kneeling at the manger, which is biblically inera- inaccurate. Yeah. And well, the, so the, the actual manger scene altogether is biblically well, inaccurate, yeah. but sure. that's a different story. And, and, and it and has three, which there are three gifts, but not just necessarily three. Yeah, it never says three mm-hmm. wise men. Wise men. And, and so I have had that. So if, if your Christmas has just been ruined or your Christmas you decorations. Ruined, you just ruined my Christmas, <laughs> Daryl. Thank you so much. Decorations. Mm-hmm. I did have someone say once, wise men. <laughs> In your Christmas decorations are okay. You just have to put them in another part of the house because they're not there yet. Or further back. You know, I've got one of those willow tree nativity scenes, which, you know, if you're selling each participant of the true nativity scene, you're going to have what? Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus, right? You're not going to make a lot of money at that. So <laughs> you, <gotta add> some <laughs> you got some extra to characters, add some extra peeps in there, right. some aminos, cat, a mouse, all kinds of goods <laughs> to uh, you know contribute to it. So of course, ostrich. Misty has the whole thing. The whole petting zoo, the Domino's pizza delivery yeah, boy, there. all of the things. But there's just so Santa every year. Santa Claus. No. I'm waiting for the the nativity with the elf on the, <laughs> the shelf elf hanging on the over shelf, the. Hanging over. I'm sure somebody it's has that out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Sure. If, they, if not, they should. Every year when they I get not. my stuff out, my nativity <laughs> people out, and my l- whole little scene They're out. They're not people. My little peeps. Yes, they are. Nativity people. And they, I just, I love. For me personally, I love setting everything up yeah. because I put Mary and Joseph, of course, here in the middle, the baby in front, and then all the animals because, you know, there's the sheep and there's goats and a camel. The camel's one of my favorites because he's just, he's mm-hmm. super cute. Mm-hmm. And he's like laying down. He's got a chain. But I, I put all the animals and all the people, the shepherds with their cane, you know, their staff, mm-hmm. all of them looking at Jesus. Every, mm-hmm. all of them pointing and looking and all their focus on him. Do and so there's something to be said about that too, I think. Yes. Do you put Jesus in right away or do you wait till Christmas Day? You should never put Jesus in at all. At all. No, he goes in right away. Probably like this weekend. That's when blas- I set it that, all up. That's a violation of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> to put baby Jesus in. You're not supposed well, to. Well, have you seen the willow tree is, people? Is, 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 they is, don't really have faces. Is, They're well, very the, like, and the, she's holding it. The him. commandment doesn't say don't make graven images with faces. Well, you're, she's holding You're not supposed to make any holding. images of God. And if Jesus is God, then that's a problem. Well, then let it be. Cursed be on the house of Grimm. Because <laughs> he, she's holding. She's holding. He's not in the his little manger. I, I haven't holding, done it in so. my house yet because we've already decorated our home. And we have like f- 
14,000 nativities. And so I, at some point I will go around and remove all the baby Jesuses behind Kim. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know I've done this. We're going to find Jamie in the and Walmart <laughs> removing all the Jesuses out of the nativities. And uh, got a pocket full of baby Jesus. You can replace them with like, um, like a little piece of bread. <laughs> or like Mary a, is not going to hold a piece a of Lego bread. A Lego man. Or like an <laughs> M&M. You we don't worship like the nativity scene. We're not worshiping oh. this, you know, nativity However, scene. It's decoration. I, I have I a huge it. problem with any image of Jesus, though. I, I really do. We know. I really <laughs> do. Yes. However, what, Fishbeck? I was just going to say how. What was I going to say? We you said however I very loudly. Then I started listening to you. Uh, I, I think mistake. I was going to say, however, does this not play into the point of how we glamorize the whole nativity? Is... Um, we create images and things that make us feel warm and fuzzy and cozy about it. And, and that doesn't mean we nullify or don't embrace. I think you could have both, but we forget or don't focus in on what it was actually about or like mm -hmm. or what it was, you know, it's like, oh, let's mm -hmm. make this pretty and neat and nice. And well, and for me, I need, I want a visual. When my kids were little, mm -hmm. it was a visual of it's Mary a good, a holding the tool. baby, mm -hmm. you know, and so... To see that is just, you know, that's something that I need that's good for me. I'm not saying it's good for everybody. Jelly cream. I'm just saying it's uh, The it's Ten good Commandments for me. are for everyone. <laughs> They're for everyone. The so you glamorizing so here, here's the here's the pair the the irony. I almost said paradox, that's not the right word. Yeah, irony. So when Jesus is born, God seems to go out of his way to make it a low-scale affair for the most part, Under right? the radar. It's not in a palace. It's not, uh, it, uh, you, we've preached this sermon before, right? It's not in a palace. He wasn't born in the halls of power. He wasn't born to the smartest people in the world or the wisest people in the world. They all came to him. But he's born here, and then you have the, the tokens, the, the shepherds and the wise men, which are giving us a, 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 an image of Jesus's ministry, the Gentiles come, but he's a shepherd of, of the people of Israel. So you get that imagery there, but it, it's kind of under the radar in this low-key thing. And then what we have done is blown the whole thing up with flying drummers and, <laughs> and, and, and all of the the pageantry and the spectacle and the the you would think that um, uh, God commanded us to make it um, gaudy. And we've done this, and, and so it's, it's like we missed the whole point. Well, and had God not led those people there, nobody knew it was happening. Mm -hmm. We know it was happening because we get the rest of the story. But, I mean, it would have just been this young couple going through this scary time in their life in the middle of nowhere. I thought you were going to say alone. I don't think they were alone. <laughs> no, but, I mean, if but it was I, I can't imagine it would it would have been easy to feel alone it was Probably. it was I prophesied since the old testament so i think it was i think it i mean the whole testament points to the birth of christ and then his ministry and then his death and resurrection so i, I feel like it's a big deal i understand what you're saying about people making it gaudy and overboard but two i think it is it is a big deal and it is something to be celebrated the birth of jesus because but, but celebrated i don't think with glamorizing Yes, the, I, can, I see that. that, that yeah. That's where I would draw the line. Yeah. And speaking of gaudy, Kelly, what are your thoughts on this? I have a lot of thoughts on this. I actually really enjoy having a nativity. Um, I have 
I do have the, t and I recognize and acknowledge that everything in the nativity didn't all happen at once, but that's okay for me. I don't have a problem with having the, you know, having all the shepherds and having it's the Cliff the Notes version of the whole story. Having, <laughs> yes, well, it is, it's, a, it's also a teaching tool. So if I have someone come into my home, you know, it's there. It does, it shows, and I actually keep one nativity out all year um, on my shelf. So it's... Um, is it a Star Wars nativity? It isn't, no. <laughs> Just checking. Wait, wait, wait. It could wait, have been a Star, a Star Trek a Star one, though. <laughs> Star Wars nativity. <laughs> Wow, that's 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 amazing. Uh, I, had, uh. I have a Charlie Brown no. one. Yeah, and I actually have a child's one that we pull out every year. Although this year, since we have a young dog, we had to put it away because we usually put it on the. You put on the, the dog. Did you put the, the dog, dog away. Put the dog away. We did put the we put that nativity. We have like we? one of those little Fisher Price <laughs> ones that was my children's when they were growing up, and it was always really lovely to be able to go through the story. Um, on Christmas Eve, we always would read the story of the mm. birth. Um, of Jesus and Fisher um, Pross makes a really does. cute, yeah, cute one. Yeah, I had to put it back in the box and put it away so the dog wouldn't. This eat it this segment this of <laughs> Under the Water Tower brought to you by Pick Mattel. One. <laughs> Lego. But you know when you see Christmas ornaments because I love going to Hobby Lobby in mm -hmm. you know July when they start putting out all the Christmas ornaments. Hobby Lobby half off sale <laughs> right now. Get your wrapping paper there. They have got good wrapping paper. But <laughs> all the ornaments you see are you know of course to have an ornament to fit everybody every participant of the nativity scene would be you know ginormous. Mm -hmm. So you see the little smaller ones with Mary Joseph and baby Jesus right. even just like the popsicle sticks you know the little yeah. cut out you know the little homemade ones that you make in Sunday school but um so I think that too is the importance of not having you know to incorporate everything else you see those and then you know exactly right. you know right. kind of draws you back in are you mm -hmm. ready for me to take a giant pen and just puncture the whole nativity balloon I had to bring in balloons, but, but ah, I, I'm on your oh. side. I'm getting rid of the balloons. Poor Joni. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm removing the balloons. Not just balloons. Exploding balloons. <laughs> As I have Baby Jesus <laughs> coming and flying out. Baby Jesus is not exploding or flying. But I do believe that um, the whole image of a manger and a barn, I've come oh, through research mm -hmm. and study, is just not even accurate. Right. I think Jesus was born in a house. Mm -hmm just like anybody else would have been born in a house 2,000 years ago. Uh, I think we've misread the story based upon some pretty sketchy translations uh, of the Bible, and also our um, Coventry Carol imagination has taken over uh, the way in which we view things. Um, well, it just makes a better manger scene. Like, how often do we do that in the Bible? We just make it what we want it to be. We read it a certain way. Wrong. We read That's it with true. our. It can't be a manger scene if he wasn't background. born in a manger. Well, so. a, a manger. Well, he was. A manger is the right word, but the it's scene is different. Right. It's not the manger. The name of the trough, not That's the structure. The, yeah. It's the the structure is a house or a room. Um, and it says she laid him in a manger. Well. Right. So, so here's the, the 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 wording on this. And there's a book I brought it in here to show you. That's a very four of you thick that can book. See. For well, <laughs> for the podcast. For the podcast, it's <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> like it, Greg. It's very pretty. <laughs> it's called Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes uh, mm -hmm. by Kenneth Bailey, and it's um, it's a really wonderful book. I, it, it's 
a lot, a lot of, of, of the things that Jesus said and did through the ways in which a Middle Eastern culture would understand them that we in, the, in, a, in an Occidental worldview might not even understand. And, and the first couple of chapters are all about the birth. And he goes through great points to talk about 2,000 years ago, the animals lived in the same house as the human beings. It's not a barn outside. They all, because you kept your prize animals, especially the ones that fed you, inside the, inside the house from robbers and thieves and animals. So the manger was a part of, a, of the house that was there. There were animals in it, and that wasn't viewed as a bad thing because actually it was warmer in there in the wintertime mm-hmm. especially. Um, and, and that would be a place to put uh, uh, people. And the inn is not referring to um, a hotel as much as it's a bad rendering of uh, a room most people had in the upper part of their home where guests could stay. Uh, what what the like a loft like a loft what the what the 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 scriptures are teaching us here are telling us here is that the house was full mm-hmm. and so they put them in the extra room so to speak where the animals were also kept mm-hmm. but no one would have thought anything strange of that right in, in a world with not a whole lot of furniture in any way the the the, the manger then would have would have been where the hay was kept a logical place to put a baby before you have, you know, goose down pillows. Uh, that's the way in which I, I've come to understand more what's going on with that story. If for no other reason, in no culture, no culture in human existence, would a pregnant woman be turned away. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, all, and th- that's really kind of what sh- sent me down the road of studying this at length is the complete illogical aspect of the mental image we have, right, reinforced by pageant play after pageant play after pageant play of this pregnant woman and her husband knocking on doors, every door in town. Howard Johnson, can <laughs> is, did we have, my wife's pregnant. Can we rent a room? Sorry, we're full. Holiday Inn, hey, my wife's pregnant. We need a place to stay. Uh, she's, we're about to have this baby. She's about to domino right now. Sorry, we're full. La Quinta, you know, th- this yeah. image we have of everyone saying no, no, with pregnant. Think about, think about your life. If someone showed up at your house, and would you say, sorry, we're about to have dinner? Nowadays, there's a lot of people that probably do that. Yeah. Uh, you would, if, if, a woman, yeah. <laughs> if a woman showed up mm-hmm. pregnant, you may we be. We would let her in, of course. You, well, you, you, you probably would find some way to take care of her sure. you her. would do what's Culturally. right in the culture right. yeah call an ambulance yeah right. put her in a hotel do you would do something yeah. you would not say Tough. sorry about you but that's yeah. what like in the, their culture like hospitality was such a big deal so when jewish people went to go visit they would call not call ahead but they would <laughs> um, and they would text their friends <laughs> hey <laughs> we'll be there around seven <laughs> But they would they would always stay with other Jewish families right. like that's just what they would do, and mm. so so I think you're exactly right that that well, just doesn't make sense. Work work the story some more. This is the city of David. Joseph's origins are in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. He's got family here. Yeah. He's right. got lots of peeps. Yeah, uh, he's got family. He, he's got family here. He knows people. Mm-hmm. They're probably staying with his cousins or in-laws. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're staying with Mary's cousins and in-laws. Mm-hmm. I, 
I connect this with um, the the Luke account of Mary visiting Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Now I read a lot into that, and I recognize mm-hmm. that I'm, I, I'm I'm engaging with that story. But this an amazing account in the Gospel of Luke where. Mary's pregnant with Jesus, and Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And these two pregnant women get together, which must have been that the air conditioner was turned all the way down. <laughs> you know that's right. 53 <laughs> degrees, right? They're eating pickles. <laughs> They're, eating pickles. <laughs> They're craving. They're mm-hmm. craving. Uh, that would be a fun question. What, what, is, what do you crave <laughs> when you're carrying the Son of God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chocolate. Whole, ho- holy, holy, holy bread, candy uh, canes. Oh. Angel, angel food cake? Angel food cake. So I'm thinking this through. I, I really, where did, where, that we know that she went to go visit Elizabeth in the hill country, which is mm-hmm. probably not too, too far, far mm-hmm. from yeah. where we're at here. And I don't think that she went to go visit Elizabeth like this, again, this Victorian era. I always see it in my mind, this Victorian, oh, Lady Elizabeth, it's good to see you. Oh, Lady Mary, how are you? (laughs) Let's have tea and crumpets and visit one another. You sound like those puppets off of uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Henrietta. Remember Henrietta? Scary looking ones. Your glow is so wonderful. Oh, my. He has jumped in my womb. Blessed are See, thou amongst women. I don't you know. picture it like that at I all. I don't either. Oh, oh, my goodness. Okay. Speaking in King <laughs> James. one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite stories in the Bible. But no, my, I'm seeing it completely different. My, <laughs> my, my view There's is the that. There's the balloon pop. <laughs> my perception is more that Mary shows up. Because she can't stay where she's at. Yeah. She's an unwed mother, and everywhere where she lives, they know that her and Joseph mm-hmm. were not together as a couple when mm-hmm. she shows up pregnant. So they did to her what families have done for j- up until the relatively modern era. Right. They sent her away to be with family until the kid could be born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why she's with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And it says she went with haste. Yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. she's yeah. We got to get here. Mm-hmm. She's like, before I start showing, I better be there. Right. I think that's exactly mm-hmm. right. And so it's even possible Jesus may have been born in Elizabeth's house. Well, and it's, hmm, I c- that makes sense that you say that because, okay, number one, at the beginning of Matthew 2, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Okay, it doesn't give a time. It's just after. That could be two years. That could be, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't give you yeah. a definite time. So it doesn't say specifically, you know, born in the manger, yada, yada. Then you come down to 11, and it says, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary. So the house, we, we see that they're in a house now, but that could have been from the beginning as well. Exactly. I yeah. think they were always in a house. Yeah. And that the manger and, 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 and the idea of the animals it's just part comes of from house. being a part of the house. house. All yeah. houses had it. That makes sense. And if you even in, in, in American culture, if you go back 150 years, it was not unusual for animals to be in, in the, the same house. house. It's cold. I mean, we that was their you just talked about your dog, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Animals in a house, not that unusual. Yeah. Um, now or then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to talk Greg into getting me one of those little tiny goats. Yeah. <laughs> Little miniature goat, <laughs> and keep him in the house. He's but gonna eat all your snacks, mm-hmm. Missy. Oh. Your snacks. And the stuff I gotta move them up couch. on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kelly. Is, now, can you get a tiny goat that faints? Probably, yeah. Because those are my favorite videos of fainting <laughs> goats. Be so can she fun. bring it to work? 
Oh. Bring the fainting tiny goat to church and I'll slay it in the spirit and it'll fall <gasps> over. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's rough. <laughs> That's <laughs> rough. No? We've, we've turned dark. <laughs> All right. Happy Christmas. So th- that's the so for me I don't see in my mind any longer them outside in the elements mm-hmm. shivering and cold in a barn surrounded by animals right. with a feed trough. Mm-hmm. This is not the, the image that I have anymore because that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing about that that makes any sense at all. Do you, what mm. about a cave? Like some people say, yeah. it could have been like a cave kind of by the house. Do you reject that also? I, I still reject that because unless the house has built a part of the cave, which may have been possible, but there's I doubt several it. that are that you know in the many many history shows I have I have watched, <laughs> but they you know they show where you have your your dwelling, and then below that really is where your caves are, where your animals would be. So. That it's all it's kind of together. It's all possible. I believe there's a traditional site in in Israel where people go. This is the cave where Jesus was born. Like as if you could know that. Right. You could you <laughs> could you could have a combination of, of culture clashing here. You, you you could have our culture making it <clears throat> almost too radical out there alone in this broken roofed mm-hmm. barn, where you're saying. <clears throat> there are certain cultural things that would have been common. However, they may have also had some things in their culture that were more common, like having a cave or something. So it's like it could be it could be a little bit of 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 both, but it's not it's not necessarily what we've made it to be, especially here in America uh, or the Western mm-hmm. world. The, the yeah. Western I, world. I, yeah. I, I I think that Luke and he's the one who gives us the primary aspect of the narrative we un- we understand. Mm-hmm. Luke is trying to paint a picture that Jesus was born away from the home in an ideal way. He was not born in the ideal way with Mary and Joseph and a home they had built together uh, and all the the traditional. They're they're, they're away. I I do believe he's painting that picture, but I do not believe he's painting a picture of depravity, Mm -hmm. of rejection by by everyone. I think that it's, it's more... Um, he's with family, and, 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 and it's not quite the uh, problem that we see it. We read it, mm-hmm. we read it with the story already in our mind, and we make the text fit right. the story. Right. It's it's kind of like if, say, a, a preacher were to take a story like maybe the prodigal son. Oh, my <coughs> gosh, don't. Don't do it. <laughs> I, almost, don't. I almost blogged about that last week. That no, was so yeah. in my... For those of you who didn't... And if you listen, listen to that previous... If you're, listen, listen, if you're listening to these out of order last week, Fishbeck provoked great emotion and anger from me. Great. This great, for crying out loud, this idiot pastor who had the audacity... To blame the mother who's not even a part of the story on the prodigal. Oh, my. Just so he could <laughs> Thank uh, <you>. reinforce <laughs> the patriarchy. Thank you for doing that. You're so welcome. I'll, I'll help you. I'm here for your, you. What does mm. your book say about swaddling clothes? Well. Because what, in my research, it said that the, the cloth would be used, like, to wrap around the limbs to straighten, keep the mm-hmm. limbs straight. So that's a completely different picture than the little, like, cute, you know, baby mm-hmm. and onesie. Like the onesies, like embroidered. Like yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, son I, of God. I, I, I actually don't believe it was embroidered Jesus, <laughs> son of God. Uh, my, my take on that is more 
just the t- kind of clothes you would put a baby in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, that reinforces the idea that they were somewhat prepared mm-hmm. for the baby to be born. They had swaddling clothes. Yeah. Um, I, that, that I would have to do a little more. I put a pin in that. I, that's not my expertise is mm-hmm. infant clothing. Mm-hmm. But uh, that would be my take on it. Um, I sometimes think, you know, if it was, like, wrapped around the limbs to keep them straight, like, how do we have that wrong, too? Like, now it's a little mummy-looking baby, not a, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like like you wrap the kids in toilet paper back when we could afford it. Born like an Egyptian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my soul. Yeah, that was, well, he wanted his mummy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that that never gets old. Can you edit that out? No, <laughs> nope, absolutely I cannot. Not. We don't. Why would you want to edit out that? That's I'm throwing dimes over here. <laughs> but you know, I'm going to add in uh, um, verse 11 in Matthew 2. Uh, um, let's see. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. And you know th- these. Maga, the caravan, however many there were, they traveled thousands of miles to come see the, this baby king be born, you know, and uh, not be born, but he's already, you know, born and a little bit older. If they watched him be born, that's <laughs> creepy. <laughs> not watch Those him be born. Stars but showed some they way they crazy searched stuff. him out. Yeah. And it's, you know, nowadays we want God to. Um, to you know come look for us prove himself to us we want him to give us the gifts but here we see you know they gave him the gifts they fell and worshiped him it was all about him and how i guess swapped we have that now you mm. know how opposite is i that, like the idea of s- searching him out yeah you know? because they weren't necessarily you know they worshiped the stars so you know, mm-hmm. and they weren't Jewish, right? right. And uh, interpreted dreams mm-hmm. and all of all of the things. So how did they know to follow the star? I mean, how did they know that? Because God, 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 God broke them. into. It's it's a prayer I pray for. I think I prayed it yesterday as a pastoral prayer that the Lord would speak to us in ways we understand. Mm-hmm. Th- their mind was bent that way. That was the way they saw the world was through the stars, and He reached out and spoke to them. And gave them revelation in that way. That makes me think of, mm-hmm. of a quote <coughs> from the blasphemous book, The Shack. Um, that it's m- been a while since you brought up. I have. I, I've been on the Enneagram for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was did Harry Potter, the Enneagram. Now let's pull back The Shack a little bit. <laughs> but there's a point in there where he's talking about kind of this topic. And he says, so that means all roads lead to God. He's talking about other religions. And he says, no, I don't think it means that. He says, but I believe God will go down any road to reach someone. And I think what you're saying here is, you know, God found a way into this world of these guys to communicate to them, to bring them to himself, in essence. Well, and he uses the unexpected, you know, too, mm-hmm. because people would expect, you know, a priest, uh, somebody in, you know, higher power, higher authority to know these things and to do this. But for, you know, people like that, that really, it just doesn't make sense but then that's who God is. Well, let me or make an argument from... So- go ahead. Um, or, um, and I, I might have this completely wrong. The There's wise no, no wrong. men, <laughs> um, they were already on a journey, right? Weren't they trying to find a leader for themselves, for I their country? I am, I, I, am I pulling that from somewhere like... I don't think that's actually biblical. I, have, I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where I got that. But I don't know where that would be from. Mm. There's not, not To my knowledge, I, mm-hmm. I don't read the Bible that way. Um, but I can make an argument from silence. 
So one of the things I often the uh, mom wasn't there. No, no, no. (laughs) One of the things I often ponder is so the wise men showed up because they saw God's revelation to them and they were obedient to it as best they understood. They went on the journey. Is it possible that the Lord also made revelation to the high priest of Israel at the same time? But the high priest of Israel, who should have been there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Should have been there ignored it or did not recognize it because he was so caught up in his own self. Well, is that right, not exactly. the whole story of Jesus' life and the Pharisees and that and the his own people mm-hmm. did not recognize him over and over mm-hmm. and over? Or was, he, or was that out of fear? I mean, you had Herod who was definitely very, very jealous of any um, potential uh, uh, conflict. I mean, he would he had how many wives? He had six wives. He killed two of them. Anybody who showed him opposition. So I can see where if the Jewish leadership at that time might have been afraid also. Herod the Great was. um, He was was pretty awful. And if you you apply that to today's climate, um, Mm -hmm. say here in America, um, I may get in trouble for saying this, but there, there seems to be a subtle belief that God's chosen leader is going to be strong and. brash and um, controlling and any person who seems to offer the idea of servanthood or grace or gentleness or loving they seem to get kind of overlooked so to speak and it seems to be the same pattern here we want someone to rescue us from whatever is our oppressor um, and God keeps saying serve Love, mm-hmm. give, and mm-hmm. no, no, no. We don't want to do that. It's over here, and right. so there's a, the there's loudest a, voice. Mm-hmm. There's uh, mm-hmm. the possibility mm-hmm. of missing that well, even today. Manipulation has been going on since you know day one, book of Genesis, and right. you know the serpent and all that, and you just see it continue throughout and throughout and throughout the Bible, and it, and it's just terrible. Terrible, terrible. On that terrible note, well, but, but I had an idea oh, to to oh, break. Oh. I know it's time you, to break. You, you knew you what I was doing. Yes. You gave me the listen, listen. He gave me the the, me the eyes. He gave me the <laughs> eyes that said it's time for us to do the break. And as soon as it comes out, but wait, he says. <laughs> no, I, I was about to make a break because Misty said something. A turn minute. left. No, don't, don't turn left. <laughs> Misty said something That's a minute directions. ago, and and I have a, this is a legitimate question. You said. The wise men, you called them the mag mag guy, mm-hmm. uh. and we typically call them the magi. And so, my mm-hmm. question for the break for us to ponder when we come back is: Is this like the whole gift gif thing? Is it magi <laughs> magi, or, or or what is I it? I still so don't know gif or gif. I I so. know my opinion, but I'm in the minority apparently. So anyway, when we come back, Joni, do why you don't say you magician or do you say magician? Magician. 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 <laughs> I don't know, but we'll ponder that when we return. (laughs) Okay, when we... we, All right. You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life. Dot life. If you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry, visit fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. All right, so is it Magi or Magi? What are y'all thinking? Yeah. I say Magi. <laughs> I, I also say Magi, but I, I could see it both ways. 
I don't think anyone's gonna. I say mag uh, mag <laughs> magi. <laughs> I'm already messed myself up magi, but I'm sure it, it's it's related to a word origins type well, thing. And so when you say the magician thing, then that, yeah, that. I say wise men. Yeah, <laughs> of course you do. Why, of course you do. Why are they do. interchangeable? Why are those words interchangeable? Like, tell us more about that. Give us the um, what's that word for word origins? Um, etymology. Uh, give us the etymology mm -hmm. of magi. Well, I'm, 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 I don't have it all at my come fingertips. Come on, come on. But I know that the word magi, magi, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, has the same root, is the same root for magician mm -hmm. or magic. Um, it's related to the, 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 the magi was a, a court official, very important. There would have been several of them, perhaps in a, in a regal setting. Uh, they were responsible for advice counsel based upon what the stars but also upon wisdom so it wasn't just astrology astrology was in their bag of right. tricks well and it says herod you know after they came and and asked herod he then consulted his <coughs> aren't aren't his, his own yeah his, his own, own peeps yeah, his so own, yeah. yeah so the the thing about fascinating part about him coming to them coming to herod is that they got audience with herod mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they passed some sort of credential test Right. To get audience with Herod, because just, just you know, people showing up on camels aren't going to be able to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. But they they get that kind of uh, uh, um, entrance into Herod's grand palace, and he would it would have been amazing. Herod was a builder. Mm. Herod the Great was a builder of extravagance, and uh, it would have been a, an amazing thing to come to his place. And they come right on in, and he listens to them, and then he's suspect about what's going on, and he has all the so. That's that's a big part of the the story. There is is Herod's uh, hearing what they say, and then consulting his own people, which involves biblical scholars who go digging around in the Old Testament to say what Misty was saying earlier. Everybody, er, everybody right. knew everybody. it was going to be Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. If you if you read the Bible at all, you would have known that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Herod's like, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but we're going to take them out anyways. Mm -hmm. like, we're mm -hmm. just going to take them well, all out. Well, then you see the, that's what I was talking about earlier, the manipulation, you know, because Herod says, well, he, you go find, here they are, go get, and then bring them back, and then we'll all worship, which mm -hmm. was, you know, just a ploy. Well, and, yeah. and yeah, well, we know that for sure he would have, he would have killed Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and he probably would have killed the Magi as well. And, uh, all, and anyone who would come with them, including their animals, I mean, everything would have been slaughtered. Oh, I don't think he, he would have killed made, the Magi. Oh, you don't think so? I, I think he would You're have. messing with some other country's peoples. Mm. Uh, th that, that he would wait till they leave, conveniently leave, and then he would wipe everybody out. Mm -hmm. He just wants to know who they are. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's the issue. Find a way to cover it up. Make yeah. it look like an accident. An accident. Make it look like an accident. <laughs> These people all died of. He didn't seem that subtle. Sword to me. wounds right <laughs> here. I didn't even know. I didn't know how that exactly. happened. Oh, he's very subtle. <laughs> Herod the Great was a master politician. Mm -hmm. He was yeah. very clever, very good, brutal, horrific, mm -hmm. but br but just amazing. Well, when he was very ill, if I if I'm remembering correctly, when he was very ill, he also took all the prominent family leaders and imprisoned them so when he died he would have them with the orders of when he died he would have all of them executed so that everybody would everybody would be sad <laughs> well <laughs> you know nobody cries <laughs> alone nobody cries alone we're all gonna be sad 
Well, so you know, I just finished uh, season five of The Crown last night. I didn't know there was going to be one more. I thought this was it. Yeah, I've heard there's, there's going to be one. To That's be why another. I was oh. let down. I <laughs> thought it was going to end in a way that it didn't end, and I was like, oh. no, they're going to they're going to kill Diana next. But year. they do. They do, and see, and I thought I thought that's how this was going to end. No, but they um they do a good portrayal, whether it's factual or not, of Charles and his mom kind of wrestling over does the monarchy evolve and move forward and become more culturally relevant, or does it stay steeped in tradition? And so, if you see kind of behind the curtain of what it's like to be a part of a royal family, and in that moment, I thought. I can understand why there would be competition for a son. And I'm thinking now historically, biblical times, um, ancient times, a son to try and execute his dad. I mean, there would be this great rivalry because their existence might be dependent on them getting to the throne. And you can see this great jealousy and this paranoia and the, the things that you have to do because you do have all this power, but everybody's coming for you and everybody wants it and 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 so you you might well, not be scared. you might not be beneath executing it's, your own yeah. family or yeah. your own kids or a whole village mm -hmm. or a whole village mm -hmm. and that's where the, the 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 writer especially matthew wants to pull your attention to the herod slaughter of babies mm -hmm. is Horrible. supposed to be paralleled with pharaoh's slaughter of okay. babies yeah. in mm -hmm. ancient Moses. Egypt. Yeah. Now, the, the issue is, it's the, the scale is different. Mm -hmm. When Pharaoh's uh, slaughter happened, thousands upon mm -hmm. thousands of babies would have been killed because you're talking about an mm -hmm. entire, pe this, is, this is genocide. Yeah. Right. 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 What Herod's doing is a village, mm -hmm. and it would have taken about 15 minutes to find out all the newborn babies, mm -hmm. and they would have had them, you know, it, it, it's them. horrible. I, yeah. I don't want to tell you it's not horrible, but the scale is different. Yeah. Yeah, um, but well, Matt he was scared. You know, it, say, it mm -hmm. says when Herod, uh, I can't read because my glasses, but he was troubled, <laughs> and all of Jerusalem was But you can't read him. because of your glasses. Well, I can't. I need new glasses. I'm trying to find that sweet spot, and it's not working well. But from what I can remember, <laughs> <laughs> it says he was troubled. And if memory uh, serves <laughs> is all I got. That's all, I got. That's all I'm going on. <laughs> So fear, mm -hmm. you know, once that fear sets in, yeah. we do crazy things when we allow our emotions to just take us over. And I think we see that right here. Just that, right. what am I going to do? This is what we're doing. You know? When you're yeah. afraid, you do not yes. make right decisions. Exactly right. Which is why the Bible always begins with fear yeah. not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you looking up, boy? Uh, actually, nothing. I'm, I'm replying to a text from my mom. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you for your honesty. I thought, yeah, I thought for sure he's <laughs> over there on his phone researching. No, I was a minute ago. I was looking up the etymology uh, of Magi. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've talked to mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> Love you, mom. So let, let's her, we should send her a salty. Let's use this. Let, let's use this discussion to segue into a thought process. So Matthew paints a clear picture that because the slaughter is coming, an angel comes to Joseph again. And says, you got, you, you must leave, go to Egypt. Mm -hmm. And there's a reversal here, you know, the people. Right, there's nowhere else to go, Egypt. Mm -hmm. Well, Egypt is always where they go. Yeah. Egypt is where you always go when times are bad. Um, so you go, they go to Egypt. So much going on here. My, here here's a thought. I've heard people say, what happened to all the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, oh. the rich stuff? that the wise guys brought. 
because Jesus later in life doesn't seem to have any mention of that at all, right? right? He, in fact, the Bible says he's supported by wealthy women, mm-hmm. which is always good if you can get it. <laughs> uh, they, they pay for the ministry. Wow. Sugar mama. <laughs> hey, never <laughs> underestimate a sugar mama. Uh, the Lord blessed all of them. The, but anyway, back to the point. <laughs> That's Jamie's next book, <laughs> Jesus' <is> Sugar Mamas. <laughs> uh, actually, not a bad idea. The, the money, <laughs> I've, I've kind of put in my mind that they used that, those, those resources to, help to flee, to yeah. yeah, to get to Egypt. Yeah. And so what the Lord had done, there was actually a great sermon in there about God's provision. The Lord had the, the mag... The mag the Magi. Wha- the, nah, Magi. I, I'm uncertain. Well, it said it comes from the root Latin M A G U S. Magus. And, yeah. And see, Maybe. that so could be Magus. Be. So, 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 so the, <laughs> the wise men bring the, <laughs> the treasures, lay it before Mary, and they keep it. And then they need that. When the time comes to need it, they have exactly what they need. Because in any time period, travel is usually very expensive mm-hmm. and to establish themselves there in Egypt. So that, that, that answers that issue. But, but then how thought, I mean, it's just God's provision, like you said, what the three gifts represented. You know, not only were they a means to help them travel, but the meaning behind each of the gifts was also significant as well. Absolutely significant. So very significant. Cool. Just yeah. um, the, the, the myrrh especially gets to me. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. It me always too. does. Yeah. So that's one thought process. The other thought process is, so the angel comes to Joseph and says, you're in danger here. Take your wife and her son and go to Egypt. Go. Get out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Which I think it's special that it's the angel, not the wise men telling them to go. Wise men are long gone. I, I know they're long gone, but they could have said, hey... You know, brought a message. Brought a message. We suspect, like, in the stars, we're very wise in the stars. (laughs) Well, they clearly suspected because they never went back to Herod's palace. Right. They they smelled a plot Mm -hmm. because they never went back. They they went home. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's who who does Joseph and Mary put their trust in? Well, yeah. Yeah. So the, but, but the angel comes to them and says, leave. Why doesn't the angel come to all the other moms and dads to save their babies, Mm -hmm. too? Mm Mm-hmm. You, you really wait for an answer. <laughs> I'm, I, I want I want you guys to respond to that. I mean that there is an issue here of justice and God's love, and well, um, this this baby, this baby is is a unique baby. This isn't this isn't, um, you know, one of one of our children. Mm-hmm. Um, when when my child was born, an angel did not come to the hospital, and um, and uh, you know, did did not come to the <laughs> did not come to the hospital. Did not come to John and tell him anything. Now, of course, I think my children are extremely special, and I think all of us in here are parents. And I think you would probably have experienced the same thing. We didn't have angels come in and telling us anything. We didn't have um, uh, we didn't have shepherds come to the hospital to or to the birthing center. I did. Or, um, <laughs> Mine were born in East Texas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Two, right. two of my three. Those with poor people. With the exception of, of Daryl, um, Daryl's beautiful children. Um, but this this child, this child went from the went from the crown to the cradle to the cross. 
this is oh she's gonna you're gonna preach that sermon christmas eve right preaching it um so this is this this is our this is our salvation this is our savior um, something is really, really wrong with with Daryl. My nose, I can't. It won't stop itching. Are you okay? I need a haircut. Every now and then, so those, those beard hairs get they start turning up. Yes. And they get up in there. And I can't get them to lay down. Kelly, I was listening. <laughs> That's okay. I agree with Kelly. I say we get we get Daryl a clipper for Christmas, and let's get back to. So I, I think mm-hmm. Kelly's right. There, there's actually another process on this, and I agree with you. Um, the Jesus is special and unique. But you know, we could say take that, just what you said, and relate that to anything in Scripture, or not. You know, um, Jesus brought Lazarus back from the dead. Why is he not bringing my dad back? Mm-hmm. You know, type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it it boils down to you know we have to trust that God's plan for us is unique and different, and it's not always going to be this. You know, and we still do have. I don't know, the guardian angels, Holy Spirit. We have right. that voice in, in that, um, which I know is the Holy Spirit, that also goes with us too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and protects us. I can remember one time after mm-hmm. um, our oldest son, his, he had a basketball game and it was out of town. He always rode home with me. He, I, we always went and Greg worked every other weekend. So I would go by myself and he rode the bus there, but then he'd ride home with me. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember what town we were in. But it was late after he played. He was hungry. He was always hungry. And so we were going to stop at this convenience store because it was late and there weren't a lot of things open. And we pulled up to this convenience store and something, it was dark and there was a couple of cars there, but I heard in my m- mind, don't go in there. Mm. And so I told Kyle, nope, put our, let's get back in the car, let's go. And I don't know why, but I know still mm-hmm. to this day that mm-hmm. God was protecting us from something. Right, right. So we still have that right. provision and yeah. that guidance. What it's I meant just was the, the big, the yes, yeah. was, yes, I'm, I'm not saying but the Holy Spirit special. doesn't talk to us. Absolutely. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is there and guides us. And I've had experiences um, that I believe I've shared with Jamie before. I've had two experiences that were sure. definitely um, out of the ordinary. Um, but as far as, yeah, that as was what's happened Jesus. here and in comparing, yeah. comparing my firstborn's birth to the birth of Jesus is there's no, com- there's no comparison. <laughs> um, and, um, and although, uh, you know, everybody, you know, your firstborn is, is something very special anyway, but, um, yeah. So, well, let, let me see if I can't. Gotcha put a different take on this and this is this is hard right this is this is hard theology um and i don't mean to be this hard but this is what it is everybody dies mm-hmm. i'm going to die my, my kids it will say things like well if i die or if you die I'm, well no if yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's going happen. to happen yeah, I, I i'm going to die mm-hmm. uh, when it happens don't be surprised because everybody dies some of us die at old age some of us die at middle age. Some die in their teenage years. Some don't die soon enough. Some oh. die too late. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> some, <laughs> some die really early in life, little babies. Yeah. And that, that these babies died uh, there under Herod's authority and his op- oppressive uh, homicidal rage and paranoia is tragic. Mm-hmm. I am not saying that's okay. 
I'm saying everybody dies. Jesus would die too mm -hmm. under another Herod's mm -hmm. <laughs> paranoia rage right. at the hands of Romans. But that was a, an appointed death for a special time. Mm -hmm. Everyone died. The when it happened is not as important as that it happens. And this mm -hmm. is the truth of Scripture. The wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. And so we live in a world that is ruled by sin. And so death is everywhere. But this one boy, Jesus, he had a special mission to save us from death. Right. And so he had to be saved. And that's that to me, that's the the answer that goes why him and not everybody else. Right. One, I think, too, that plays into the whole why are we disappointed in life? You get disappointed when you place expectations on something and then it doesn't live up to your expectations. And I think we have certain expectations about what life should look like. And what I've heard or read from people who've gone through just incredibly tragic situations is they're the ones who talk about grace and gratitude and presence of living in the moment because that's where you encounter God in those moments but when you live your life as this is you try to plan your whole life and you look at it and this is when I'm going to retire and this is how healthy I should be and this is how much money I should make and all this and you build it and then you have a, a left turn or a, a, a crazy tragedy or something in there it, it does catch you off guard but if you live your whole life thinking this didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's easy to look at a scripture like this and feel the injustice from a human standpoint yeah. and not be able to step back like you're saying and see a bigger picture and see that death isn't final, although it's tragic in that specific moment, um, that, that there, there can be a greater glory going on. It's just hard humanly to wrap our minds around that sometimes. Mm. Well said. So on that happy note, <laughs> <laughs> you started. Well, uh, and you think how long the people waited for Jesus to be born. Right. I mean, they waited for years and years. Anna, you know, she was there and she had devoted her whole life yeah. to waiting for yeah. Jesus. And then there he was, mm -hmm. you know, and I can't even, you can't even fathom that. So that you, br you bring up Anna, Anna and Simeon. Mm -hmm. Luke goes out, again out of his way yeah. to tell us about yeah. two old people yeah. who encounter the, the baby yes. Jesus, little infant Jesus at the temple, and their impression upon him. Mm -hmm. and, and and to me, there's I don't I would be lying if I told you I knew what Luke was trying to communicate with that. Mm -hmm. But there is a reason, reason he chose it, Absolutely. and it has something to do with generations. Mm -hmm. And it has something to do with like maybe some idea of grandparents because mm -hmm. we don't ever really get Je Jesus yeah. and Joseph's grandparents. <laughs> right. um, we we don't get uh, any sense of uh, uh, the family units. We get these two old people, and I mm -hmm. the Bible calls them both old, old right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Nunc Dimittis is Simeon's last words. Mm -hmm. Now your servant may depart in peace. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, the those wonderful words. Or is it about they represent male and female mm -hmm. the expectation of the generations mm -hmm. of Israel? Right. That, that this uh, is who they are yeah. uh, through the years, mm -hmm. the ages. Yeah. But but Luke clearly also has a, like a feminist agenda. You look at I know, Mary, Mary and Elizabeth and then Anna. Yeah. Uh, these are the big mm -hmm. players, the first three chapters yeah. mm -hmm. of Luke's Luke. gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's but huge. It. Mm -hmm. Let's We talk about... Mary a lot. What about Joseph? What do we know about Joseph, this guy? 
Poor guy. Seems like an average Joe. <laughs> ah, you've been, ah, 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 ah. So, like so Carpenter. Let's, well, let's play with his name Joe, and then we'll come to Carpenter. So Joe, who else in the Bible named Joseph had lots of dreams? Mm-hmm. I've yeah. never gotten over that, that thought process that Joseph in the Old Testament was a dreamer, and mm-hmm. then this, this man who's chosen by God to be the surrogate father, so to speak, for Jesus is... Uh, is also named Joseph, and the angels are always coming to him in to dreams. Him too, yeah. The guy cannot yeah. get a good night's sleep. <laughs> well, you know, at what all. I think it's interesting. You know, it talks about when the angel came to Mary. You know, Mary pondered these things, and and she had to think about them. And it says the same thing about Joseph too. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 had to think about these things as well. But so I think it shows them both very. Um, Pondering. Pondering. But people. Mary Pondering writes people. the Magnificat. Right. This beautiful, yeah. amazing, <laughs> intricate, sophisticated. In fact, it's so sophisticated some Bible scholars think there's no way she could have written it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I think that that that's um, a misogynist kind yeah. of view, mm-hmm. but but I, anyway. Wait, hang on. You can be impregnated by the Holy Spirit, but there's no way Mary could have written that. <laughs> I mean, let's just think that through. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> don't put me in a These place. These are the same people who think that yeah. the prodigal's mom was at yoga. <laughs> yeah, don't make me defend idiots, okay? But but so Mary that writes this ma- magnificat, but Joseph doesn't. Right. Because okay. so, so men are not about right. the details. So so Mary Let's gets be serious Mary here. gets all I of this. I beg to differ. And, 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 and Mary, Mary's like, yes, yes, oh, um, my soul <laughs> doth magnify yeah. the Lord. And, all, and Joseph's like, Fine. Okay. Let me think we'll about get it. married. Right. Fine. <laughs> Saddle the horses. We're going to Bethlehem. You know, he's, he's, he's task oriented. Now you mentioned Carpenter. I have read some things that have called into play the traditional idea. When I say Carpenter, what do you mean? When when wait, you wait. say carpenter, what do <laughs> I mean? Read his mind. I know what you mean. I know what you wait, mean. Wait, wait, when, when, so. when you say the word carpenter, <laughs> what are you thinking Jesus a, did a wood, in the world? Well, a woodworker. A woodworker. A woodworker. Someone who um, creates uh, whatever they need wood for. So, furniture. I mean, <laughs> so possibly furniture, possibly um, carts. For you know to pull you know the animals maybe a manger, maybe he's building the manger. <laughs> could be a um, roofer. He could. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. They they had to be able to um, you know keep the rain out. Again, um, that's carpenter uh, in a in world like in we live in right. with lots of wood. Right. Right. So they didn't have a whole lot of they they had like really scrawny trees, mesquite so trees kind of right. thing. Right. So kind of like what we have around here. We've got all the the whole oh, country. Oh, we have glorious oaks. Right. So cedar. all of mine fell at my house. So I'm a little bitter about that. So um, <laughs> all I have left is two two mesquites <laughs> and a non-producing weird pecan tree. Way to go, Jamie. So <laughs> thanks for bringing up that wound. Um, so yeah, so there's so they they wouldn't have a whole lot to work with. So so maybe more like a so basket weaver kind of thing. No, <laughs> like with I, the I think dream the word underwater. Weaver. So so he once they get back from Egypt, <laughs> but there's not a lot of trees there either. Once they get back from Egypt, they settle in there in that area of Galilee around Capernaum, and uh, we know that the Romans and Herod had extensive building projects there, but mostly stone. Mm-hmm. My my understanding is probably Joseph was a a, cone, a stone cutter, 
a masonry? Uh, uh, more, more like Robinson. masonry than the okay. traditional carpenter. We think of a guy with sandpaper making awls and holes and you know mm-hmm. cute little furniture and stuff mm-hmm. with, a, with a workshop. This idea of <laughs> Jesus going into the workshop with Joseph and learning how to build things, th- this is a cute little idea, but that's probably... He went had a workshop. He went every day to the quarries or to the site, and he did the work. In other words, he did the basic labor that everybody else did. Mm-hmm. He worked with the stone, and uh, which the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Mm. And he looks at Peter and goes, "You're a stone, <laughs> 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 and I'm gonna I'm gonna ch- chisel and carve you into something amazing." And I think that's that the, 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 we don't ever hear Jesus, uh, to, to my knowledge, he talks about planting things mm-hmm. and trees growing, but I think of no imagery he uses about, you know, this is just like when you build a cradle, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. But he does talk a lot about, you're the stone. stone. You're the stone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so I think those are the, the images. I digress. So Joseph, <laughs> they go to, are we at one one hour? <laughs> I'm just going to start <laughs> calling out just the time. Out. I've tried to use we're sign language and be discreet and subtle. Yes, we're at an hour. Yet. I haven't gotten to my stuff yet. So I've got some stuff. I'm going to skip some of the fun stuff. Let's go to the hard stuff. You ready? Ready. Go. Sure. All right. I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. We're ready. Are you ready? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I am ready. Maybe. So maybe. how far... Should we push the um, the social justice themes that are so popular today in the Christmas story? Right, Jesus was the child of an unwed mother. Mm-hmm. They were refugees, immigrants in Egypt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have heard th- that has become a hot Christmas sermon in the last five years. Their poverty; they were very poor. Uh, even though she had this dowry of from the wise men show up later, we know that at his dedication, they gave the, the basic lowest right. offering you could give. Yeah. Uh, like a dove in, or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. indicating their poverty. How far should we push these in preaching the Christmas story um, today? Would you, would, you, would you feel comfortable with your youth group, Joni, or with a room full of moms saying, Jesus's mother Mary was an unwed teen mother. I think let's think about her that way. I look at Mary more as a um, not a survivor, but a just she overcame these uh, things, you know, through trusting in the Lord and through her faith and her belief in and what she knew. She overcame things that weren't possible through her. She could all these things could have only happened through who God was and through her. He was using her to, you know, do this miracle of bringing Jesus, you know. And for me, I I think we lose the focus and try to focus more on the details that makes a better story, like we do with the nativity scene, instead of looking at, you know, the um what what's what's more important i guess is what i'm trying to say i I brought this up before i think as a culture and as humans our kind of our default setting is is a a dualistic thinking 
black, white, right or wrong, left or right. And, and just as much as we swing one way to glamorize the nativity, you can take these topics that you just mentioned and we can say, no, 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 we need to focus on this. And, and I think the problem becomes when we try to make bits and pieces, like you're saying, right or wrong. We take parts of a story and we, we highlight them and then we try and make them say something per se. My opinion is we don't gloss over those things. They matter. I think they matter, and I think you talk about them and you let it create dialogue, but I don't think you apply meaning to them. Mm -hmm. I don't think you say, well, because Mary was an unwed mother, that means this, this, and this, but I don't think that means you don't talk about it. I think it's important to to mention that being an unwed mother is very different from what it would be like if it was today. As for her, she could have been put to death for this. Well, that's that's one a big difference. I love that about at Joseph. At least in the United States. Because he has <laughs> yeah. um, great yeah. empathy with her yeah. and does, yes. not, does not push the point right. on the... That's what let's I was quietly put this away. Mm-hmm. Let's, right. let's not make man. a big deal. He's a decent he human being. He could have left her man. and kept, yeah. hit, uh, mm-hmm. kept the dowry from... from well, and Mary, what had Mary... Yeah. S- what if she had yeah. said no when the angel appeared? And, you know, she could have said, I don't think that's for me, you know. Well, and I think the part where it says... Um, which I've glossed over so many times, but it was like, greetings, favor one, the Lord is with you. Like, how many other people in the Bible have heard the Lord is with you? And you always know that's before a big calling. That usually you know? means things about to turn south. Like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Dang it. Here don't don't be afraid. Yeah. God's going to be with not. you. Sure. <laughs> However. And I think yeah. that's why the don't be afraid comes after that. Because <laughs> it's like, the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. And she's like, probably like, hear me out, Mary. Yeah. Just hear me out. It's like the, the, the line from the book of Job. And you, you never want this said about you where mm-hmm. the Lord comes to the, the <laughs> Satan and says, have you considered my servant Job? You never want God to go to the Job. Satan and say, have you considered my servant Jamie? Mm. No, no. no. That's the, you don't want to be talked about in heaven. <laughs> uh, this is just. N- so I, I think that I do believe that there is value in saying Mary saw the same scorn in people's eyes that an unwed mother might today. She faced the same bias and the prejudice because that was her, from the world's perspective, that's what she was, an impure woman. Now, never, never mind the fact that she was pure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was unjustly scorned at, but she knew what it felt like, which yeah. makes sense because Jesus bore our sins. Even before he was born, right. mm-hmm. he was innocent, paying the price, right. and so to speak. I also think there's some validity in the refugee imagery. <laughs> Not to be political, but you know there's someone in, in, in Egypt saying, we've got to build a wall because <laughs> all these refugees are coming out of Israel down here. Mm-hmm. We got. I make a joke of it, but watching the border, I mean, this was a pastime of the ancient world just as much as it is today to keep certain people out, but somehow Jesus got through and to a safe place. They're not immigrants as much as refugees. They have no desire to stay in Egypt. They want to go home, but they have to go be, be somewhere. Um, and I think about that imagery of us today. We are refugees from God's kingdom in this yeah. world. Well, and I think also about the scripture, you know, when you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. Um, I don't remember where that's from. I'm going to look it up in a minute because you're looking at me really No, that's, that's, that's actually, but, no. no. But then, like, what? Why don't read looking? into his no. glare. Why are you looking at me so confused? <laughs> <laughs> like, I have 14 heads. But then, you know, like, 
Jesus was literally speaking. What you've done for the refugee, you've done for me. What you've done for the poor, you've done for me. What you've done for the unwed mothers, you've done for me. Yeah. Not figuratively, like literally. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought about and it. And in Luke's gospel, in Jesus comes right and says, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right. Now, Matthew spiritualizes it. And I think both are true. Matthew says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, mm-hmm. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But it comes out the same way. Okay. Do you think that poor in spirit, to me, I've always thought of that as the poor in spirit means they know their need for Jesus? Or do you think it's a literal poor? I do not think that it has the same connotation as like, I'm spiritually poor in the sense that I don't have much spirit. No, I'm thinking of it as not a, humili- a humility, humility of spirit. Like, need, like they see their, they're poor in spirit. They mm-hmm. see their need for Jesus. I think it's probably some sort of an idiom that, that means... Um, someone who recognizes their spiritual neediness. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I understand it. Yeah. Um, so how, let's talk about the, the virgin birth. We talked about a little bit about this yesterday, which, you know, we send all the little, all the kids, all the kids, it, it's, a, it's a, uh, a, a turn in the wrong direction. We've made Christmas so much about kids. The first sermon we have in Advent, get kids out. get out. <laughs> We're talking grown-up stuff. We're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to talk about Christmas, kids. Get out. And this, uh, this is when they talk about Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and but what? They're, he's bringing me. <laughs> but the, the virgin birth, h- how uncomfortable is that for us, right? Mm-hmm. We've so child-sized Christmas that the key concept of it is awkward. Mm-hmm. Right? You, mm-hmm. I, sharing to a seven-year-old what the virgin birth means is just, yeah. you probably shouldn't, right? You We've probably shouldn't. Answer some pretty spicy questions in children's church. <laughs> Did you yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Not yesterday, but I, I remember specifically last year having to um, talk to a mom about some questions that her son was having. Mm-hmm. But they're good. Yeah. They're good questions. And I think the virgin birth is necessary. I mean, it's vital in the Christmas story. You know, you can't leave it out. You adjust mm-hmm. it, you you reword it uh, according to the ages that you're, you know, explaining to. But to omit it completely, you omit everything. Okay, I mean, so so when I was a kid, um, the song Silent Night, I love the song Silent Night. It's very peaceful. You sing it, Silent Night. So peaceful, kind of brings your blood pressure down. And, you know, and it's usually <laughs> the song we sing. Singing song. has never <laughs> brought my blood okay. pressure well, down. Well, it brings my blood pressure down, um, unless I'm leading. Um, and, but, you know, that's usually, I think, when we light the candles, too, during our Christmas Eve service is usually mm-hmm. when that. And pour so the wax on the chairs. Yeah, <laughs> and all the wax on the chairs. And down right. my back. And and so oh, <laughs> well, we used to have <laughs> battery <laughs> candles that didn't do that. Those okay. are an abomination. I'm going to watch my hair this year and make sure it doesn't get lit on fire. But anyway. Why is Kelly so wearing a ponytail? No products. Why there's no <laughs> hairspray? <laughs> Go ahead. So sorry. No, it's okay. So you have the, you know, you have that first, that first bit. Silent night, holy night. All is calm. All is is bright round yon virgin mother and child holy infant so tender and mild so when i was a kid i remember singing that part round yon virgin mother and child thinking in my mind that round yon and virgin was like virgin was a place and that round yon you know like like round yon you know round yon the corner you know, you're going to come to the Walmart. That's, that's yonder. And then, well, in my mind, this was I like old-fashioned speak. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's a round-yon virgin. 
Um, <laughs> so so around, around John Virgin was the mother and child. So you had to go around the Walmart to get to the wherever to get to the mother and the child. <laughs> so it really wasn't until later that I, <laughs> I was that, that I understood that, that round yawn. And I had a friend of mine who was pregnant and um, this was, you know, many years later, um, I had a friend of mine that was pregnant and she was, we were in church together and we were singing this song. And during that part, she turned to her little girl who was with her and she made that round motion of her belly to show uh, that uh, that uh, round yawn was I'm actually, Say it again. I'm sorry, <laughs> that she had that, I was, I was doing hand motions, which doesn't help in a podcast. So, um, but she was using her hand to make the, to make the bump prominent on her belly. That round yawn meant being pregnant. And, and it just was so beautiful to see her show her daughter that round yawn <laughs> when the place down past Walmart but, um, and I don't know if she ever talked to her daughter about, I mean, I'm sure she did eventually talk to her daughter about virgin, but she was showing her that that meant being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that song, always to this day, I can picture Charlotte with her daughter and just making those motions. And um, I later did it with, with, my, with my children. And I remember, um, I remember getting a really interesting look from another parent <laughs> um, when I did that. But um, yeah. So round yawn, round yawn, round yawn, you know, like round the corner. So the <laughs> I thought they were I was a very simple child. The, I thought I thought in my head that it was people gathering around. Oh, around mother, mother and child. child. Mother and child. That's I, th I think yawn. Yeah. Yawn seems in my understanding. Yawn is like that one. Yawn. Yeah. Yawn. Yawn woman. Yawn man. Yeah. And then the round is her. Her that 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 amazing. Mm -hmm look of a pregnant woman who's in yeah. her eighth or ninth month it's just there's nothing like it in the whole world mm -hmm. uh it's so uncomfortable looking <laughs> so uncomfortable it is so, so uncomfortable so yeah. you I have <laughs> that glow of misery <laughs> <laughs> I, I just worry that what happens is, is because we do want to make church safe always safe always family friendly we water the 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 the, the christmas story down to a place that's palpable for every age and every demographic, and therefore we lose the shocking nature of it. And that's why there's so many Noah's Ark-themed uh, nurseries. That's another mm. story. Don't get me started on oh, that. Oh, yeah. The, um, I but, did that. But we're supposed to... <laughs> one of those. <laughs> the, the gospel writers know. Matthew and Luke know. You can't get pregnant and be a virgin. They know what sex is. They yeah. know how children are born. Right. They know. They understand. And it's part of the shocking. And in both of them, both Luke and Matthew, go to great lengths to make sure we understand. Yeah. Mary and Joseph have not had sex. Mary has mm -hmm. not had sex. This is by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna, if you if you want to really get to the bare bones of this, you cannot talk about why Christmas means so much. It's not just the birthday of an important person like like Martin Luther King is an important person mm -hmm. but it's not like his birthday it's not like the birthday of George Washington or right. or it's not like those sorts of things it's 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 the celebration of that which cannot happen yeah happened yeah right by definition yeah mm -hmm. on that note let's do another uncomfortable question you ready go so how old's mary when she becomes pregnant 
I'm thinking mid-teens. 14, maybe? 14? I was going to say 13. Mm-hmm. 13? Say 16. 16? Probably 16. 12 to 16 is most people's guess. How do we feel about that now? <laughs> I'm not okay with that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I teach the youth, so I'm definitely not okay with that. Uh, I that had would, two daughters. Change. I'm definitely not okay yeah. with that. Yeah. What's happened? Well, uh, with what? With what? What do you mean? Yeah. Just what's happened? Why? Well, women oh. had little social standing so that they could get their social standing. Oh, I don't know if it's no. just social standing. Mm-hmm. I think there's more going on. Well, why? So, so what has happened that two thousand years ago, no one blinked that she was. Uh, this is normal because that was their. Traditionally, weren't they young whenever they started mm-hmm. having families? Well, they didn't live that as long, right? I mean, didn't they? That's know, a big like part of it. Is that 50, 50 something. If you only five, lived to 40 or 45, yeah. then yeah. you right. need to get, get started. started. 13 or 14 would be about the yeah. Yeah. age you could get started. But have you heard the argument that God's a creeper because he impregnated Mary as a teenager? I've heard that, oh. and it makes me want to punch mm-hmm. people. That's ta- yeah, it, it takes it out of punch people. Yeah. Punch We're people. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. <laughs> not punch today. People. Not today. Totally not. <laughs> not today. I think it, at any age, if you take that stance, it doesn't matter. You know, you've heard. But just her youngness makes it more blah for people to say that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Does Mary give consent? Yes. Yeah, I think she does. I yeah. feel like the way the wording of yes. the scriptures mm-hmm. indicate. I think it says she when she gives consent. Yes. Let it be unto thy servant mm-hmm. as thou hast said. Yep. I think she gives what we would call today that's consent. It, that's how I read it. Yeah. Okay. It's not forced upon her. He's not no. that way. He's not a forceful. Right. He's a gentleman and he loves us and mm-hmm. he would never do, you know. No. I right. don't I don't buy that. Mm, okay. I just want you to be aware because that, that is something that just as the positive side of emphasizing the unwed mother, the immigrant, the poor, I, I'm hearing a lot of that, that God raped a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And that is, oh, my soul. That that goes against me because mm-hmm. blessed are you among women. That's that's what I think of with Mary, not as a victim. She's not a victim. Uh, as right. a culture, is, at that age, they were already handling so much more responsibility yeah. than mm-hmm. today's teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's just not a victim she is a partner with God in the salvation of human will. beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, from, you know, Garden of Eden, f- f- that's where the free will began. And she had free will as well, just as much as we do. It was all fulfilling prophecy. You know, we knew ultimately that, you know, this was part of God's planning. But two, I feel like he gave her a choice. And I feel like she did accept that into a partnership with him. Mm-hmm. And she also was like, okay, how is this going to happen? Like, she I need did. to know, like, how is this going to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that God, you know, being careful to explain, this is exactly what's going to happen. Like, I But just still, she didn't know. I mean, she didn't know. A lot of times in our lives, you know, whenever Greg and I were praying about moving, and I, we were just talking about this the other day. We have a house full of stuff. Every closet mm. is full. You're not moving, and are you? No, when okay, we moved good. here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, I was like, ah! No, my heart I just I have something fell. to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you on a recorded <laughs> podcast. This is and how she tells us right here. Way. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but I can remember thinking. I'm going to that church in Houston with flying drummers. <laughs> Maybe. But I can remember thinking, I don't know how this is going to work. You know, I have no idea. I just, 
and still to this day, I'm not even really sure how it happened. But so, yeah, I mean, I think she was wanting to know I need mm-hmm. answers. But then it just goes to show having faith means we don't always have the answers. We have to trust and believe. And my soul doth magnify. Lord, I think to me, Mary's the biggest hero in the whole nativity scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the wise men. It's not the shepherds. It's Mary. Right. And I um, can't believe it was actually a silent night. Mm-hmm. No, they're screaming. No. Uh, I talked a little bit about this yesterday. Yeah. I didn't yeah. go into too much, but I'll tell you, I've, I've heard and, and, and read things where people hypothesize it was a painless birth No, because there was no sin involved. It was a birth as if before the fall of humanity occurred. And so it would have been just... I, Mary was uh, born in sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Th- this is the that that's an offshoot. I, I didn't have time to go yesterday. The sermon was long anyway. It was good. Into no, the was very good. The the, the the immaculate conception idea, which is not about Jesus. That's about Mary. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that Mary was immaculately conceived as mm-hmm. well to remove sin from her nature right. to get Jesus perfectly sinless. That is not scripture. That's ridiculous. Mary screamed and ho- I'm yeah, sure hollered did. and oh. yelled. Yeah. Emmanuel is God with us. I I believe. Part of the whole point of Jesus coming was to, to, to be the suffering servant. Is that he was to experience humanity in yeah. its brokenness, so that as we st- we struggle and suffer, we don't have a God who can't sympathize with us. We have a mm-hmm. God who's walked it. And who right. think right. about all the other women or people? You know, well, she didn't hurt when she had him. You know, think <laughs> <laughs> how bad they would be, right? If she just closed her eyes and opened them, and there he was. You know, I'd be mad. So the the. Yeah, I, Galatians four six, which is what I'm preaching Christmas Eve, is I think Paul's Christmas. He the, he never mentions the nativity or the virgin birth or talk about any of that when he talks about Jesus. But he has this one like hint of it. In, you know, it, uh, the fullness of time, mm-hmm. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that, that suffering and the pain mm-hmm. and relatable. It's it's the the scriptures is relatable so that we can relate with that. Right. If, if everything was going to be painless, then what was the point of him coming as a human? Mm-hmm. Like he suffered. Just Everybody like hurts. An, an hour and twenty minutes. Well, FYI, I know we got to wrap well, you this have an thing extra. up. I'm your extra, but, so. But we did extra you added time extra and extra everything. <laughs> I I, in, I intended to talk about um, John's version of Christmas, but we just don't have time for the dragon. In Aww. Revelation 12. Can we have like a special uh, special dragon? dragon? I don't know, but I love that dragon. I love that um, sermon. Excellent the, uh, sermon. The John's Christmas, which is apocalyptic, which gives us a sense. I think also, if that's how he saw the nativity, mm-hmm. so you, you retrofit, now we read Revelation. What's he describing that way that he's really seeing? It's, it's mm-hmm. an interesting thought process. Anyway, yeah. I think that we wrap this up. We got one more scheduled podcast for the Christmas season and a couple of other things that we want to get together for you guys. So be safe out there. We love you all. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Peace out. Thanks so much for listening to Under the Water Tower, a podcast dedicated to honest discussion of the Bible. To donate to this ministry, just go to fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. 
On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane.